Well, good morning, Fullerton Free. Nice to see you. As ever, I am particularly grateful for the people who get here on time. I like everybody. I love you all. But those of you who show up on time, man, there's a special place in my heart for you guys who managed to get here early. Yeah. So it's nice to see you all this morning. Also, if you're joining us uh, remotely, whether you're on the live stream or you're watching on a podcast later or whatever, we're excited that you're with us too. And we got, we'd love to have you come and join us right here. We'd be happy to have you. But even if you're at home, we're glad that you're there and uh, want to welcome you this morning. My name is Darren. And on behalf of myself, and actually I've, up here with me today, I've got our senior leadership team. It's interesting with senior leadership, you don't necessarily see us all in the same place at the same time all the time. So really quick, that's Billy who oversees all of our connection stuff, Jeff Lilly, who who uh, kind of does everything. I don't even, there's, a, there's a special title for that. Scott Bellon, who does Kids and Families. Uh, Katie, who oversees our growth ministry. And Mitch, who oversees care ministry. And Christina, who oversees worship. So this is like the, all the senior leaders up here today. And part of why that's happening is we're going to do something a little different. So I know you may have come this morning ready and excited to finish up our Genesis study, which we've been in for a year and a half. We're going to finish that next week. So Genesis 50 will be next week. We're going to keep you on the hook for that another week. But uh, with relation to the Genesis study, if you have one of our Genesis journals and you've been taking notes or maybe you've done some sketches or whatever, we are hoping next week as we finish Genesis to uh, sort of maybe feature a few of those. So if you have your Genesis journal and you don't mind this morning, uh, Brandon, who oversees our video and photo stuff. He's going to be out at the Woodwall today. We would love to take a photo of your journal just to kind of show off what you've done with it over the last year and a half. If you're at home and you've been live streaming from somewhere remotely and you have cool pictures of your journal that you can send us, email those to the church this week and we'll feature some of those next week. I should also tell you that next week, right after our service, we're going to be doing a summer roundup barbecue right after our second service. So don't make lunch plans next week. Plan to just come and have a barbecue with us. It'd be nice to get to know one another and spend some time together. So that's right after our services next week on the 31st. But today, as is part of our regular rhythm around here, we, we kind of always do a thing called a response Sunday, which is a place where we stop and we kind of respond to what God has been doing among us. And in the midst of conversation with the senior leadership team over the last couple of weeks, we've just been recognizing in our conversations with you, in our interactions with people, in our adult fellowships, and some of the small groups, that there's just a lot of heaviness that people, not just in our church, but around the world are carrying. And so we decided to flip these. So we're going to do Genesis 50 next week. This morning, we're moving our response Sunday up. And I might even want to refer to it, rather than a response Sunday, I might want to refer to it as a, as a recognition Sunday. A Sunday for us to slow down a little bit. And just be honest with one another about who God is, about what God has said, and also about the realities of the things that are happening in our life, and to walk through some of that together. So it's going to be, uh, I think, a very special service for us together, whether you're here or remote. Christine, you want to tell us a little bit about how the service is going to go? Yeah, so kind of laid out in three parts, and you're going to hear from each person on the senior leadership team at some point. And uh, the first section, we're just going to turn our focus to God and remind ourselves, this is who God is. We're going to sing some songs about that after we hear a little bit about that. Then we're going to move to a part um, of just honesty and just kind of thinking about how am I really doing with what the last few years have looked like? No matter what your circumstances are, we all have different ones. And then we all have things in common too, like the pandemic has been challenging for each person, right? So there's kind of universal struggle and grief that we're all dealing with. And then our own stuff. So we're going to have time to kind of think about that. We're going to have some moments of quiet reflection and 
space. So don't be nervous by the silence, but kind of just take advantage of it to just kind of pause and breathe and, and reflect. And then we're going to just talk about what does it look like to be the body together in the midst of a season like this. And then we're going to have our normal response time. So yeah, we're just praying that the Holy Spirit would move, that he would speak to each one of you, that he would speak to us, that he would speak to us as a church body. Love it. Well, as we do almost every week, we like to begin our services with a colic prayer. The colic prayer is interesting because it's a, it's a pre-arranged prayer, right? It comes out of the common book of prayer, and other followers of Christ around the world are praying the same thing in churches all over the world today. But what's strange about the colic prayer is that it's, it's pre-written, which feels a little weird. So it, there's kind of this strange place of, am I praying this? Am I reading it? Am I reciting it? Is this my heart? Is it somebody else's heart? And we understand the tension in that, but I really want to encourage you that as we read these words, it is possible both to be reading something and speaking it to God and praying it. You can do those two things simultaneously. So what we're doing here is praying together, even though you don't know the words yet because they're going to be on the screen. But I invite you to stand with me and let's pray this as we read it, right? It says this, O God, the protector of all who trust in you, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy. Increase and multiply upon us your mercy. That with you as our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal that we lose not the things eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And you can be seated. In Psalms 103, David writes uh, that as high as the heavens are above the, the earth, so is the love of the Lord for those who fear him. And as you look at the slide, it will pop up. Many of you know that uh, quite a few months ago, NASA sent up the James Webb Telescope. It's the best technology that that we've ever had and uh, sent it off into space. It, it literally launched on Jan or, uh, sorry, Christmas, uh, December 25th. It has been traveling and got a million miles out into space so that it's in a dark space where it can take pictures with the very best instruments. And what you're looking at is an image that has just now beamed back. And as it does, that image has revealed a lot of different things. Just really quick, the things that have the rays, like the spikes coming out of it, those are stars. Everything else you see on there is actually a galaxy. And typically a galaxy is something that has 100 billion stars in the average galaxy. Previously, we knew that there were 100 billion galaxies. And then this picture was taken. To put it in perspective, the Hubble telescope that many of you have heard about would be like taking a dime at arm's length and it would cover that part of the sky. With a James Webb telescope, this image is if you were to take a piece of sand and hold it at arm's length. So try it. Everybody get your, pick a piece of sand out of your shoes and then just hold that at arm's length. Take your arm and stick it out there and imagine that little piece of sand, how much of the sky it would block out. That's this picture in just that space of the sand. So in other words, that's how much you would have blocked out. And they basically have said the amount of galaxies that we knew about two weeks ago just expanded by this picture. 
that it literally went up a hundred times more where we have a hundred billion galaxies with a hundred billion stars and then they took this picture and found out it went up bigger than that. Here's the point in this, that the psalmist in, in Psalms 103, he simply stops and says, as high as the heavens are above the earth, when David looked up at the night sky, he could see at best 6,000 stars. And then we got a telescope and it expanded beyond that and telescopes got better and expanded beyond that. The Hubble went out and we were up to 100 billion galaxies with 100 billion stars. How as high as the heaven is above the earth, so is God's love for those who fear him. And then we put up a new telescope out into space a million miles away. And if I can paraphrase it, God's love just got bigger. It just got bigger. G. Campbell Morgan, one of the old English preachers, at one point had just given a great sermon on prayer, and everybody loved it. When people came down afterwards to tell him how wonderful it was, one English lady comes up to him, and with her little white gloves on, she reaches out and grabs his hands and says, Mr. Morgan, I have a question. Is that when I pray, can I bring the little things to God, or must I only bring the big things to God. And G. Campbell Morgan said, oh, dear woman, everything in your life is just a little thing to God. That when we see this God that is that vast and everything we think we know about him just keeps getting bigger as our technology can detect more, his love just grows and our world feels smaller. In the middle of the difficulties we face, they may feel overwhelming to us, but to God, they're far greater. I'm going to ask you to stand one more time. We're going to read the scripture for this morning of Isaiah 40, a portion of it, so you can hear God's words himself as he speaks to this issue. Isaiah 40, 25 to 31. These are the words of the Lord. To whom then will you compare me, that I should be like him, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them each by name. By the greatness of his might and because he is strong in power, not one of them is missing. Why then do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, that your way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. As we sing these next two songs, we are going to remind ourselves of the greatness of God, of his presence in our lives, and of his faithfulness. So let's lift our hearts together to him and stand firm in that.
But you guys can have a seat right where you're at. It does something to our hearts to sing about the faithfulness of God or the fact that he doesn't fail. It does something to our hearts to see pictures of a hundred billion galaxies and know that the God who knows us and loves us created all of that. That he sees us and is with us in the midst of our pain and our struggle. But the, the mistake sometimes that Christians can make is that when we focus entirely on the fact that God is a redeemer, when we focus on the fact that he redeems all things and restores all things and that we know the end of the story and the end of the story is that Christ has been victorious and will be victorious, sometimes in the midst of our own struggles or the midst of our own grief or the midst of our own pain, uh, we can almost feel guilty for feeling sad. We can almost feel guilty for feeling worried or feeling anxious or feeling discouraged. And there can even sometimes in Christian circles be a tendency to sort of want to rush past pain because we can say to one another, well, you know, God uses all this stuff for good, right? It's going to be fine. I, I, can, I can admit that there are times in my life where I felt a little bit like the Black Knight in, uh, in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, you know what I'm talking about? And you lose an arm and somebody comes along and says, oh, it's, that's just a flesh wound. You know, God's so big and his love is so big and and he's so great and so powerful that the loss of your arm, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. And, and I want us to slow down because there's a theological mistake we can make when we rush to the victorious end, right? So, and maybe we call this triumphalism, right? We are sometimes guilty of a triumphalism which rushes to the end of the story and, and, and the mistake that can happen theologically is to say that God is only present in the victory, or that God is only with us in the solution, right? That he's only uh, really manifesting himself in the redemption of bad times, rather than for us to affirm together that God is just as present in the heavy times as he is in the happy times, right? That he's just as present in the midst of your grief. He sees you just as clearly and is with you just as reliably in the heavy times as he is in the times when you feel joy or when you're excited about the future. In the, in the times of grief, God hasn't left you. He hasn't abandoned you. All throughout the Bible, we see examples of lament. And I know lament is a word that makes some people nervous, right? It makes some people nervous because we don't want to be pity partiers. We don't want to be woe is me. And because we know that Christ is victorious, there can almost be this thing where we feel guilty if we feel bad, right? Because we should be able just to see the big picture and, and move past it. But all throughout the Bible, the people that have gone before us walking with God have taken time to lament. We see it both in the Psalms. I could read you a couple of these. Psalms chapter 9, verse 9. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Well, a passage like that doesn't say, hey, God will be with you when you come out of the time of trouble. It says that God is your fortress in the time of trouble. Similarly, Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present or, a, or a, a tested and true help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. The reality is that if you're grieving or if you're heavy hearted or if you're sad or anxious, God is with you. And, and the Bible writers, I mean, the book of Lamentations is written by the people who were left behind after, after Babylon conquered Judah, right? And the best and the brightest were taken away. And if you read Lamentations, you can hear the people there saying, the city that used to thrive now is empty, right? Where are all the singers? Where are all the dancers? Where is all the joy? They're gone. There, there is a, a, a precedent for us 
to stop and to lament, to be honest about our grief, to own the places where we're scared or sad. I even love in, uh, in Daniel chapter 3, which we studied not too long ago, in Daniel chapter 3, when Shadrach, Meshach, and, Meshach, and Abednego are facing the fiery furnace, their answer to Nebuchadnezzar is, we know who God is, and we know what God has said. In essence, great is his faithfulness, right? He won't fail, right? We know who he is, we know what he said. But we don't know what he'll do. He is able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, O Nebuchadnezzar, we will not bow down to your statue or worship the gods you've set up. What Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are demonstrating in Daniel chapter 3 is the ability to say, God is faithful and God is true, and he does see us and he is with us, but we don't know how things are going to turn out. And sometimes when we look at the future, our own limited power and our limited knowledge can be stressful. It can be disheartening. And so part of what we want to do this morning is just to be honest about our grief. Not just for the sake of feeling sorry for ourselves, but rather recognizing that God is with us in the places where we have questions or we have doubts. And so that we can do that together. The Bible is clear about our togetherness in grief, right? Romans chapter 12 verse 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Similarly, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 26 says, If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Hebrews 13 says, remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. The reality is that what you're experiencing in the last three years, whether because of COVID or politics or whatever, what you're experiencing may be slightly different than what the person sitting next to you is feeling. They might not be worried about the same things you're worried about at all, but we're all feeling pressure and there is joy in the body to be carrying that together as family, to own it together, to be honest together. In Genesis 50, which I know you thought we were looking at today, and we will look at it next week. In Genesis 50, after the death of Jacob, all of Jacob's household and all of the Egyptian household come out to mourn Jacob, even though they might not have been personally close with Jacob himself. Why? Because there's something about being in it together. That's what we're we're doing this morning, recognizing who God is, and then also recognizing our own questions. So I want to take this morning, before we continue, and set just a a, a few um, opportunities for you to think about grief, maybe, that's present in your own life. Certainly grief that's been present in mine. When we think about the world, for instance, let's start there. We'll start big picture. You may be feeling grief that's stacked up because of all of the loss of life during the COVID season or the the, the sense of not knowing what was going to happen next. Maybe you had COVID. Maybe you know somebody who had COVID. Maybe you were stressed out about masks or maybe you never wanted to wear a mask or maybe you wore a mask so often you've got a mask impression on your face now. But you know what? Going through COVID has, has left us with some residual drama and some residual trauma, depending on how you define that word. Maybe you look at the world and you see the wars that are happening, or you see the famine that's happening, or you see the climate things that are happening, or you see the unrest and the division around the world. You see the greed and sometimes just the the collapse of society in places. You see the rampant racism, or you see the injustice, right? When you see the gun violence, some of the things that we see in our world, maybe you carry that with a heavy heart. Maybe you hadn't noticed some of it, right? But the people sitting next to you might be carrying that with a heavier heart than you. When we think about the world, there are a lot of heavy things that are happening right now in our world that may be weighing on you. We think about our church, right? Church has become a very difficult place to be sometimes, right? We've had friends that have left, either for political reasons in some cases. We've got churches in our world now that have become almost purely political engines. And you might look at that and you go, what happened to the people that were focused on Jesus? And and now they seem purely focused on politics. Maybe you're grieving that. 
Maybe you're grieving the fact that even in the midst of our church, there are people who have left for theological reasons, or people who have left for political reasons, or people who have left because they're mad about the style of music, or they're mad about parking spaces, or whatever. And, and maybe some of the people that you miss are people you thought you'd be doing life with for the rest of your life. You've got people in your adult fellowship, or people who used to sit up the row with you now that won't even talk to you. So maybe there's grief and heaviness about the loss of friendships and relationships that's tied in with some of the division that we see in the world that's replicated in our churches. Not only that, maybe you're looking at the church around the world and we see kind of an ongoing trend with younger people who are walking away from the church because of some of the bankruptcy of church leaders around the world and in the country. Maybe you see some of the narcissism and some of the power hungriness and maybe you see some of that brokenness at an institutional level in the church and you yourself are kind of wondering, where's Jesus in all this? And you're feeling the grief of it. Maybe where you sit in your own family, there's brokenness. Maybe you've dealt with the death of a loved one. Maybe you've got kids that won't talk to you anymore. Maybe you've got parents that won't talk to you anymore. It's increasingly difficult to sit around a Thanksgiving table because of all the pain and all the frustration, and you're carrying the weight of that. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you're looking for a job. The economy is certainly different than it was before. Maybe you're struggling to keep the lights on. I don't know, but what I'm trying to demonstrate is that no matter who you are, there's a lot of stuff. And for most of us, it isn't just one of these things or two of these things. It's a bunch of these things kind of stacked up. Maybe just in your own life. Maybe you're frustrated about relationships. Maybe you're frustrated about loneliness. Maybe you're dealing with a, a, a diagnosis that you don't know what to do with. We talk in this church a lot about the fact that our limited knowledge and our limited power can lead to frustration, right? Because there are things we don't know and there are things we do know that we can't change. I don't know who you are, and I don't know what you're dealing with today, but what I want you to see in just a sort of a rapid moment is that the likelihood is that you're dealing with multiple things right this moment. And you don't have to pretend like you're not dealing with it. You don't have to pretend like you're not sad or not, like you're not angry or like you're not grieving or stressed out or anxious because God is with you in it no matter what situation you're in. And not only that, we want to be together in it. We can be together in it. It's part of what the body is intended to be that we would be honest about what's happening in our life and that we would be able to bring those things to God recognizing that he's with us and that he sees us and whatever heaviness we're feeling, God is there and he loves us. So I just want to take a few minutes. Right now, it's going to be quiet. We're not going to put any music on and I just want to give you an opportunity to be honest about what's going on in your own heart. And honestly, if you're here this morning and you're like, I feel great, I've never been happier, COVID was an awesome season, I got closer with my family than ever, I'm not stressed about anything, it's been a great three years, praise God for what's happening in your life. I'm not saying everybody has to feel sad. If you don't feel sad, praise God for that. But if you're not feeling a weight or any kind of heaviness in your life, would you take these next few moments and reflect upon the heaviness that the people sitting up the row from you might be feeling and think about ways in which you can be shouldering that with them because they're part of this body as well. Let's be in it together. We're going to take a few minutes to just reflect and be honest before God about the heaviness that we may be experiencing this morning. Church, in light of this call to honesty, um we want to set aside, as Darren said, this moment of personal reflection. I just wanted to draw your attention to one thing, maybe as a tool to do that. Um, you might have been received this card as you came in this morning, and this, this might just be a helpful prompt to the things that Darren's talking about. We will give you a, a couple of minutes here in just a second, but you might pull that card out. Maybe you filled out this card a number of months ago. This was a card we passed out back in April that talked about um, what, we, what we might be hoping for 
that God would do in our life and how we could trust him with that. So maybe you brought that and maybe today is a time of reflection on how God has showed up in those things. Or, or maybe you're still waiting for some of that. Or maybe today, as, as the, the ushers kind of pass out some of these cards, maybe today you're, you're kind of starting fresh. God, what is all this stuff that's going on in my life? We live in such a complicated world, so, so much turmoil and chaos. God, what are you doing today in me? The, the goal of this, as it is for us every Sunday here, is that we would just not come to this place and listen and sing a little bit, that we would come and we would be in the presence of God because he's with us. And our staff, we care so much about you that we want to give you opportunities to connect with the Lord in, in truth and honesty. So maybe this card is an opportunity for you to um, bring something before the Lord. This is not a homework assignment. You don't have to do this. You could take this with you if you want. You could do something entirely different if that's how the Holy Spirit is leading you. But the point of this whole couple minutes together is that you would just sit in quietness and honesty and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit who's speaking to you during this time. There'll be some extra questions here on the screens that might help you reflect. Maybe you take some notes. Maybe you write something in your, in your iPhone there, whatever it is. But spend these couple moments um, listening to the voice of God. To um, close up this time, I'm going to read Psalm 13 for you. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me. O Lord, my God, light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I've prevailed over him lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I've trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time to reflect. And um, actually to just have a quiet for even one minute. Our lives are so full of noise. The television, our phones, emails, we're bombarded with messages. But your Holy Spirit has a word for us this morning. And we pray that through the power he gives us, we would see you at work in our lives and in our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Darren mentioned just the ways that our culture and our circumstances in the world have um, really taken war at our unity. We've been um, divided at every turn, haven't we? And there's been so many different ways that we could disagree or we could find fault or we could um, look at our neighbor and say, I do not agree with you on that um, yet. Here we all are in the same room at the same time to worship the same God together. And I find that to be fascinating, beautiful, an incredibly rich moment. Sometimes I wish 
that I could see all the thought bubbles above your head. Just see, why are you here today? Why are you here today? Why are you here today? And yet, um, we do know that we all came this morning to connect with God in one way or another. Um, And so here we are together. We do have things in common. And one of them um, is something that we have seen in Genesis over and over again. It almost shouts at us as we've studied Genesis. And that is, as human beings, we have in common our sin. The things that are always in front of us. Rivalries, dissensions, violence. Um, We often find ourselves in a place where we can look at our neighbor and think, not just do I disagree with you, but I believe I'm better. Right? Um, And yet, as Christians... Our faith in Christ tells us that Jesus has covered over that sin. That when we put our trust in the ministry, the life of Jesus, his death and resurrection, that we have the best thing in common. And I want us to just take a minute to say, thank you, Lord, that we have that in common. I was reading in Acts 17, um, Man, the older I get, the smaller the print in this Bible gets, I tell you. Um, The God who made the world and everything in it, being the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling places, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he's not actually far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. Jesus is our unifying factor. Jesus is our unifying factor. And the Holy Spirit really gives us the ability to lean into that in any way. I talked about our sin. That's the thing that prevents us from seeing our neighbor, loving them fully, being a sinless person. The Holy Spirit is the one who can come and cover over a multitude of those sins through Jesus Christ. And we... um, cannot just muster up any sort of strength. You can't just wake up in the morning and go, okay, today I'm going to be better. I promise. We can only do it by depending on the spirit in order to wake up and say to him, present our lives before him and say, okay, Lord, what is it that you have for me to do today? Thanks, Katie. I think oftentimes when we talk about the spirit, uh, we often want to, to jump to the stuff that the Spirit enables us to do. I mean, that, that's the very work that I'm a part of here at this church, right? That empowering this church and creating opportunities for us to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus to our circles, to our communities, and globally. But I think oftentimes, we, before we jump to the stuff, we forget that there's, there's stuff that, that needs to happen here. Right? Before we can go out and do that, that, that there is stuff to do, there's stuff to do here. When Jesus, um, when he, after he washes the disciples' feet and he's sitting in the upper room with them, it says that he gives them a new commandment. 
And this new commandment is to, for them to love each other the way Christ loved them. And it's through that love that they would have for one another that people would know that we are here, or that they are his disciples. You see, friends, our, the very baseline of our evangelism, the very baseline of our, of our discipleship is how we love each other. And I love how, how, how Katie shared that the only way that we can do that is through the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Would you guys do me a favor and just take, take a moment and just look around this room? Go ahead. Act like, look, or make eye contact with people. Let's get awkward. But as you look around the room, there are people here with different genders and ethnicities coming from different backgrounds, different socioeconomic upbringings. There are people here that have different political views, people here that, that have different uh, tastes in music or, 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 or movies. And yet, here we are, all in one room together, unified in the worship of our Lord Jesus. And the very fact that we can do that is only attributed to the power of the Holy Spirit. And friends, would it be so bold to say that maybe for the last few years we haven't done that so well? Maybe not us specifically, but there, are, there definitely are times in which we could have done it better. Or, or, or even the, as the, the church here in Southern California or, or the global church, we, we can do better in how we reveal Jesus and how we love each other. But friends, the only way that we're going to do that is through the power and the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so we, we use language here that we are united in sacrifice, right? And that we stand in humble solidarity with one another. And that means there are some of my preferences that I might have that I might need to lay down at the foot of the cross so that I can be unified with my brother and sister here in the room next to me. And sometimes that takes acknowledging our own sin, Sometimes that takes repenting to a brother and sister. Sometimes that takes putting some of those things to death, like I just said. But the only way that we can do that, like I said, is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, one of the other things that I do here is that as, as, I, as I work through and I figure out ways for us to be better disciples in our community and to create opportunities, I often look to the text to see how Jesus empowered the early church to do that very thing. And friends, can I tell you that there is no blueprint or uh, 10-step program or curriculum for how to make us better disciples or ways to be more obedient to the Spirit. But can I, can I share with you a few things that I've learned in my own life and just observing how the early church operated and how they discerned the Spirit so that we might, we might discern the Spirit in our own lives, that we, might be, that we might be even more unified as the body of believers here, specifically at this church. And if you have your Genesis journals, I encourage you guys to write these down on the back cover somewhere uh, or find an empty page. But, but here's just four ways that we can be discerning the Holy Spirit moving in our lives that we might be even more unified as a body. The first is that, is the thing that the Spirit is calling us to, whether it be repentance, acknowledgement of sin, being in relationship with someone that it might be uncomfortable with, is it hard? Like, is the Spirit calling us to something outside of our flesh. Personally, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an introvert. You guys wouldn't know that me standing here holding a mic, but I, I consider myself a high-functioning introvert. And so it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that I can do stuff like this, or I can be in relationship, or be a part of a community like ours. And so one, it's this very thing that the Spirit is calling us to. Is it, is it difficult? Is it outside of 
your flesh. Two, in your listening to the Holy Spirit, are you in proximity to Jesus? Meaning, are you in fellowship with other believers that are drawing you closer to him? Are you spending time in the scriptures? Are you praying with one another? Are you in close enough to Jesus that you can clearly hear and discern his voice? Thirdly, is this, this action or, or whatever it is that the Spirit is calling you to to unify the body, does it do that thing? At the end of the day, can you say we are, greater, we are a greater unified body because of what the Spirit is doing and the direction it's giving me in my own life? And lastly, does it glorify Jesus? The Spirit will, ever, will only ever prompt us to live in a way that brings glory to our Lord Jesus. And so those are just four ways in which I discern the Spirit's moving in my life. And so I want to share those with you this morning as we discern the same so that we might be greater unified as a church here in the city of Fullerton. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would do the very thing that we've talked about this morning. That we would be unified as one body, working together for one cause, which is to bring glory to your name here in the corner of Bray and Bass and Cherry, here in the city of Fullerton, and across the globe. Lord, would you equip us supernaturally to be relationship, to be family, Lord, in all the ways and feels like we would not be able to do it. Because, Lord, it's only you that draws us together. It is only you that can, that can knit us together as a family. So we ask for you to do that in our lives. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. And as we continue to worship the remainder of our service, we want to take some time, as we always do on uh, our worship services every Sunday, to um, give you an opportunity to respond. We've taken some time of reflection about what the Holy Spirit might be speaking to us and saying to us as we've listened. We've, we've, we've already understood what it means to live under the banner of the love of God, the God of the galaxies who sees us and knows us and is able to take all of the stuff of our lives, right? And yet we live, we know, in a chaotic and turbulent world, and these are tough times. But we're reminded of our dependence on the Holy Spirit, of our interdependence on one another. And so here we are with an opportunity to respond to God. And for some of us in the room, that might not be something that you're feeling called to this morning. And that's okay. A lot of us process in different ways. And this has been a relatively fast service today with maybe limited time for you to process the things that the Holy Spirit is saying to you. But maybe in these moments, maybe you are someone who is feeling prompted by the Holy Spirit to respond in a couple of different ways. And I'm going to offer you some possibilities here this morning. We're going to sing three songs. And of course, as we'll be singing, you have the opportunity to respond to God and glorifying him and praising his name. That might be a, a posture that you'll take this morning. But some of you in the room might be feeling this, the heaviness of the moment. You might be feeling sadness and grief for the loss of someone or something. And maybe as Darren said, maybe this is a morning for you to spend some time lamenting and grieving. And we want to give you space for that. Um, there's space right up here up front. If you'd like to come and just kneel quietly, you can do that. We'll open up our prayer rooms to the side. There'll be folks to be able to pray for you, as well as just space for you to go into the slide into the back of the prayer room where you don't have to pray with anyone. You can just sit there by yourself in quietness. Maybe you would take the opportunity to do that. Maybe you're sitting this morning and you need to repent of some things going on in your life. As you look in honesty of who you are, maybe you need to lay some things down that God is calling you to. 
Um, as you mentioned, maybe you take a chance to pray. Maybe you'd have someone pray for you. Maybe you'd want to pray for someone. And so even as you look around the room, you might think in the context of this church family, I need to walk over there and pray for that person. Maybe you'd act. Um, maybe you would just take a moment to rest and be quiet because that's what you need. And maybe you're just in a process of waiting. Whatever it is, we've already taken a moment to listen to the Holy Spirit. Let's continue to listen. Let's ask of the Holy Spirit how we can be dependent upon him about what we're being called to do. And let's turn our attention and focus to God. We will, as always, we'll have members of our staff and elders come down on the sides to pray. Um, but whatever it is, let's posture ourselves before Jesus and ask him to do something in our lives.
Amen. Amen. Praise God for an opportunity to respond this morning to our hurts, to our fears, to the pain, to the hope, to all of it, an opportunity to respond. And as we continued to worship and sing and praise, I'm reminded of the fact that God wants us to respond to him. He wants us to lean in towards him, no matter what the circumstance is that's going on in our lives. And we continue to respond in different ways as a church. We respond through worship. We respond through our active lifestyle and sharing about Jesus to the people around us. And this morning we have an opportunity as always to respond in giving. We've been called to give back because God has given to us first. And you can see on the screen there's multiple ways in which you can give here at Fullerton Free. And we give because we want to see Christ revealed. We give because we're excited about the work that God's doing in this place. And we look forward to seeing the more and more fruit that he'll produce as we trust him with the future of our church. So we get to respond in giving, but we also get to respond in action. There's places all over campus that we want to invite you guys to serve with us, to join us, to love on kids, to love on adults, to find ways to greet and welcome and help people park. All of those things are all unique ways you can use your gifts in response to God. This morning, we're going to focus specifically, as we have in the last few weeks, on one area of need, and that's in our fourth and fifth grade ministry. We have fourth and fifth graders, which, by the way, are unbelievably fun. They are some of the best kids in our church, and there's a deep need there. Now, we don't necessarily need you to love fourth and fifth graders. If you love Jesus and you like fourth and fifth graders, I'd love to talk to you. But there's a need for us to love these kids well, to shepherd them well, particularly on Wednesdays. We need some support and some leadership there. Alex Flora, who leads our kids' ministry, is doing a fantastic job up there, but more hands, more feet to love these kids well would be a great gift. So we'd love if you see on the screen, if you want to look for a way to serve there, if that feels like a unique place for you to respond to God this morning, we'd like to invite you into that as well. We've got a team this morning that's in Utah that I want to take a moment to pray for, our high school ministry team that is serving with the church, Center Point Church in Utah. And so as we get ready to close up our service time together, um, I want to just take a moment to pray, and then we're going to have a couple more things at the end here. Philip, would you join me as we pray for our team? Lord God, we're grateful that you're at work in this room this morning, that you are here with us. You've given us an opportunity to respond to you, to engage with you, to respond with one another. God, thank you for that. Thank you for the fact that you listen to us, that you care, that you hear us, that you lean in, that you give us great mercy. Lord, thank you for the fact that you're working not only in this space, but all over our campus right now in ways that we don't even see while we're in here. Thank you for the fact that you're at work all over our state and our country. Thank you that we have a team right now that's in Utah serving a local church there, helping run a VBS, our high school students who are serving. God, would you bless and protect? Would you guard them as they seek to make you known in that place, to love kids well in that environment, and to tag team with that church as they share the gospel to the community around them? God, would you use our high school students in powerful ways, and would you work powerfully in their hearts as they serve you, we pray. So we trust that team to you this morning. We praise you in your awesome name. Amen. You guys can be seated, and as you do, if you're part of our staff team or our elder team, would you just join me on stage for just a minute? Anybody on our staff or elders? What you guys are going to see here is a crew of people that is only a small reflection of a staff of people and a team of elders that are uniquely called to love and support you. This crew 
feels like God has drawn them here to love you guys in this season, to be a part of this church family, to lead and to guide in whatever way God would call us to. We are here to serve you because we love you and we care deeply about you. We want to know you deeper. We want to engage with you in conversation and in relationship. We want to take you out to coffee and take you to lunch and get to hear your stories and take time doing what we do in mornings just like this as we get an opportunity to pray over you and with you. But there's also people all over this campus. Our whole youth and kids team is not here because they're obviously loving on your kids right now, and they're running program for our ministries. And uh, ultimately, we just want you to see the faces of the people that feel uniquely called to join you in this journey that we've talked about this morning. But we also want to remind you of the fact that we're in this journey with you, that we're not unique in this, that God is working in our hearts too, through difficulties, through hopes, through highs and lows, that we're walking this journey also. And so we want to just wrap arms around you as our family, as our body, as our church, and let you know that we're here for you, we're here with you, and we're in that journey alongside of you as we seek to find ways that Christ will be revealed to us in this community and our body of believers here in us as we get our arms wrapped around each other and do life side by side and watch the Holy Spirit work in powerful ways and then by us as we turn our eyes outside to the community around us, to our neighbors, to our circles, to our friends, to our families, that God would would work uniquely through all of us, including you. So I would love to just pray a blessing over you as we leave this morning. Lord God, we love you and we trust you. We're so grateful again for a morning where we get to spend time just responding, letting you just embrace us a bit. God, would you work mightily in and through this family of believers in this place, Lord? Would you continue to walk with us in our grief and our hurt, but also in our joy and our victories? God, we look forward to what you have in store for the future of this place as you work individually in our lives in the ways that we get to engage with people around us, but as you work in this community as well, in the places surrounding this corner. God, we trust you because we know you're worthy of it. We sing about it this morning. We praise you because you're worthy. So Lord, would you bless my friends in this crowd? Lord, would you protect them? Would you lean into them? Would you make your face really, really clear to them? Would they just sense your presence daily as they walk the journey? as they seek to trust you in this process. And God, would you be glorified and make your name known in this place and in the areas around us in really unique ways to the ways that you work in and through our hearts and as we lean into you. We praise you and we trust you, Jesus, in your awesome name. Amen. God bless you guys. Just a reminder as you're leaving, if you would love to be prayed for still, this crew over here would love to pray with you and for you. Uh, about whatever's going on in your journey. If you're looking for ways to get connected into our church family, please, on the way out, find someone at a connect table and let them connect with you and engage with you in conversation and find a place for you to get connected here as a part of our body and believers at this church. So we love you. God bless you. Take care.